Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins. Evan, uh, yeah, this past weekend, a lot of... A lot of interesting games. Ohio State showed that they're Ohio State. Um, Wisconsin never stood a chance. They took their foot off the gas at the end. Wisconsin made the score look better than it actually was, but Ohio State could have probably scored 100 in that game. Ohio State's doing it without all their key pieces, 100% healthy, which is scary. Ohio State is just, they're that team, man. In, in the Big Ten, they they haven't had a completely healthy team except for maybe the first ten minutes of the game against Notre Dame. But Jackson it might Smith, even be less than that. <laughs> Jackson Smith and the Jigba got hurt, and you know he's been iffy ever since. And but you don't need him. And they could literally sit him out for the rest of the year and be just fine, and bring him back for the Michigan game, or they could, they, I think they could sit him for seven, eight weeks. Think about that. I mean, Michigan State struggling. They struggle without Jaden Reed one game. Ohio State is so deep for all the different receivers and running backs. That room. Well, even Travion Henderson, I feel, isn't getting the bulk of the carries right now. It's number three that's getting them. Yeah. Jeez, man. So that's that's what you're looking at now is Ohio State has become the dominant force. It 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 really is the the big one and everybody else. I mean Michigan and Maryland, when I watched that game, I saw something I never saw before, and I think everybody, I've never seen a a fumble three seconds into the game off of the face mask. The ball bounces perfectly, perfectly, right into the Michigan uh, kickoff guy. And next thing you know. One play, score. One play, Scooney, tight end, touchdown. Five, what, was it seven seconds into the game? I think it was 14-53 when they kicked off again. (laughs) <laughs> Think about this. You can't even that that probably was the fastest touchdown ever because even if you took the kickoff return, it's ten seconds. Well, right. And it's, he I mean, if you're a track star, you could do the hundred in like ten seconds. And that's going flat line, straight line, right. Nobody around. Right. So yeah, they scored in seven seconds. Probably the only way that that could happen. And then they kind of controlled the game after that, Maryland. Like they once they got settled in, like I feel if that doesn't happen, that's a different ball game. If that doesn't happen, I do think that Maryland, it, it would have been a better game. Uh, and it was a good game still, but it would have been it different. Ca- it, that game came down to really three plays. And I always say that most games, good tight games, come down to five plays. If you can get the majority of those plays, chances are you win. And for Michigan, it was that opening kickoff. It was right before the half, Blake Corm on that fourth down play. Taking it 30 yards. Did it twice. Just bounced right, outside. Right, barely and- cracked. And then later, late in the game, he, same thing. He took it, and he took it all the way to the house. Those three plays were the difference. Because in between, I mean, uh, with, with Talia Tungvaloa getting injured, I don't know how injured he was, but Maryland, 
kind of had their way. They they ran the ball, then they went away from the run, and it was just kind of a battle of attrition. They kicked a lot of field goals, which, look, you, you can't beat Michigan. You can't beat Ohio State kicking field goals. That will come back to bite you every time. Also, you got to score seven. How was that kid in our backyard and Michigan State failed to recruit him, the kicker from Maryland that came from Eastern? That kid is nails, man. He is. And, it, yeah, it, I mean, the fact that he is nails and the fact that Michigan's kicker missed one. Crazy, because Moody has been as solid as they get, and that was one of those I, Honestly, I know it sounds ridiculous, but if, if you're a Lions fan, that's the guy you're drafting. Oh, yeah. Because he's just, I mean, whenever he lines up to kick, you got you turn TV off, That's three. add three points to the score. It's like, wait, he, he missed? He never misses. It, I couldn't believe, I absolutely couldn't believe it. And, and you could tell that, like, Gus and Joel, I don't know if they were trying to do the jinx or what, but, boy, they brought it up every time those kickers got up. Oh, well, he hasn't missed in so many attempts. But I do have a question out of that game, and it's, a, and it's a rule question, and I understand why the rule is there. But when your helmet comes off in play, I think having to sit out the next play is one of the silliest rules in all of college football. It's, I know they want to do it to make sure you safely buckle it right, back up. Right, and, and that's what it was. You're talking about when uh, Talia— uh, Yeah. Now, here's the thing. See, here's why I thought it was different, because if the opponent forces your helmet off— I thought that you didn't have to come off. And I thought he got hit, and it it just came off. Now, it could be, look, son, you got to tighten that thing up. Or Maryland could have just burned a timeout. Sure. And maybe they should have, but it's just such a weird rule. It is a weird rule. But this is one of those that, yeah, when you're playing Michigan and you're that close to the goal line— it's you know take the time out. Yeah, don't bring in the kid. And, and the kid looked all okay when he had to play later in the game. He he got the touchdown to the tight end and right. everything like that. But it, it was just weird. And just out of Michigan, like were any of your questions answered? You know, we had questions going into the game about the defense, about JJ against competition that is equal or maybe just they're less than. No, I mean the only thing that really got answered to me was. Uh, but it really wasn't a question. I thought Blake Corn was always one of the better running backs in the Big Ten, and he 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 put the team on his back. He was co-Big Ten Player of the Week. 243 200 yards rushing. And, and they needed all 243 to, to beat Maryland. Um, I got to be honest with you. I, what I saw out of J.J. is a lot of things I saw out of Cade, and I know this may upset some Michigan people, but I, had, I don't care. Um <laughs> He, there was a lot of check downs and where he overthrew. And people were like, well, well, K would have underthrew. Okay, either way, you missed the receiver that mm-hmm. were open. And I, I thought this kid was special. I thought this kid walked on water the way it was silent. This is the kid that you need to beat a Georgia and Alabama. And I'm like, th- th- this kid could barely beat Maryland's defense. And the reason why I say that, Evan, Maryland's defense is not highly regarded. And I know you're probably sitting there listening or watching saying, have you seen Michigan State? We'll get to that. But Maryland, I think probably sitting at 10th or 11th in the Big Ten. So oh, yeah, Maryland's was... defense was not that good. I expected that type of – like when they play Iowa this week, I, I expect it to be difficult. I didn't expect it to be difficult at all against Maryland because Maryland does not play great defense whatsoever. Maryland and, you know, they – I look at them, and they're still missing some key stuff. But I, I thought that game would have been a lot easier for Michigan to win if this was the Michigan team that everybody keeps saying it is, that the first three games didn't matter. This team's the top 10, top 10 team. And I look and I say, 
I didn't see a top 10 team. But in all fairness, aside from the top three, man, you could shake up the rest of the— Absolutely. You could shake up four through 20 and just randomly draw up names, and they're all about the same. Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama have separated themselves. Everybody else is just fighting for that final spot. Um, but I, I, I didn't get any questions answered. Now, I think this week, um, all Michigan needs to do is score 17 points to beat Iowa. Iowa, I mean, their defense still is how scored their offense. That's how bad they can't move the ball. If you're Michigan, you can't fumble the ball. The, the running back that came in and fumbled, I don't think he, I think he's in witness relocation. Oh, 23, yeah, they, the they, freshman came, Stokes. They, Stokes said, hey, that's the portal right there. It's four games in. You could leave and not come back. He did not come back out on the field. At least it didn't seem that way. No, I didn't see him. The rest um, of the you can't turn the ball over. You can't give Iowa a short field because that's how they beat people last year. But yeah, I, I man, it, I think the over under is forty two and a half. I, I would clearly take the under because I don't see either team really scoring Iowa. Look, Iowa is the place where top 10 teams go to die. I think Penn State is the only one in like the last 10 years that has actually beaten Iowa as a top 10 team. Ohio State's gone there. Michigan's gone there. Michigan State's gone there. Top teams have gone. Top teams have lost. Well, and you got to think, too, that Iowa is still licking their chops at, you know, last year's Big Ten title game where Michigan just put it on them. And I don't think they took their foot off the gas in that game. They tried to score as many points as they could. Uh, Iowa, yeah, I remember Iowa started off with trick plays that worked, but they didn't score Correct. on the trick plays. And that's just it. If you burn your – once you start off trick plays early in the game, it really means that you don't think you can beat this team. So you got to do trick plays early to try to get the jump start. Like, I would expect Michigan State against Ohio State. E- empty. It. You know what? Uh, we're going to start the game off with an onside kick. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this is one of those where – we're going to lose, so let's lose with style, flair, and gusto. But, no, I, I didn't get any answers for Michigan's offense. I, I had more questions. Well, yeah, and you got to question J.J. McCarthy and his decision-making. I mean, you can't have that kid fumbling the ball twice while just trying to run around in the pocket. Yeah. And that's also what he did against Michigan State. When he fumbled, was trying to do a little too yeah, much. Yeah, and he it's, carries it really loose. He's, and, he's yeah. out here with the ball. You know, they're always telling you to tuck right, it. Right, somebody with like a chop. Sanders out here waving it around. And, and you know what? If you're a Michigan fan, you hope that he learned from that. Yeah. I'm sure that he watched film and went back and looked. I mean, there was the one where he's like, Tap, my bad, I know I should have thrown it away. But you don't think of that until after. When you well, get into the midst of the play, it's hard to, like, make that correct call when in his mind he's like, I can out-athletic every single player out here. Well, here's the other thing, too. is, is I don't know if he realizes, but he can't really – he can't get hurt. No. They don't have a backup right now. No, you got Alan Bowman. And so then, I know he wants to scramble, but that, that has to be – you got to play your game, but you also have to be smart. He goes down. And this whole thing kind of goes a little sideways if if you're Michigan. So I, I look at this, and now to answer your question, Evan, no, I— We'll get more of this weekend, I think. Didn't really see anything that, that showed me. Yeah, also, this, Michigan's this, defense didn't look outstanding. They didn't really get pressure on Talia. No, and that, that was the other thing, that this was the test for the defense, and they knocked him out the game— but I didn't see the dominance that I saw last season. 
No, they don't have. I mean, I know at the end of the game, and his Oki, I think his name is number eighteen. Joel Klatt was talking about this is the next David Ajabo, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't see. I mean, I'm here so, in no. Michigan. <laughs> I've read all the stuff, and that's one kid. I I know they're talking about him now, but I mean, it's quick to anoint him as the next you know first round pick for the University of Michigan. Yeah, I, I didn't see that at all. Um, you're also looking. I mean, the bottom of the Big Ten is just. It's bad. I mean, it's really bad. I Penn, mean, Penn State struggled with Central Michigan for a little over a half. Yeah, and then they pulled away. It was fourteen fourteen uh, at one point. Indiana loses Cincinnati. Kind of saw North that. Western coming. loses to Miami of Ohio. They're awful. Uh, Purdue had everything they could with Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic missed a two point conversion. You know, final seconds of the game, or else they would have tied it up. Uh, Rutgers. Quarterbacks is oh, hell, they, they don't have any. Yeah, did you see the spread on that? What Ohio they're State? They're playing Ohio State yeah, this weekend. Yeah, it's like forty-one point spread. Yeah, yeah I see yeah, forty I and a half. I mean, yeah, and they're I'm a three-and-one football team over there. They don't have a quarterback. No, I know. So and, yeah, Ohio. This is one where does I wouldn't bet it, or I would bet the I would bet Rutgers because this is one where I think Ryan Day feels sorry. Like you're not a complete. It's when they played Michigan State last year. You're not a complete team beating the bejesus out of you. I don't hate you, Rutgers. No, they'll probably score 40 by right. halftime and then call off the dogs. Right. Like, if, if if Ohio State was playing Michigan and Michigan was injured, I don't think they would care. No. No, 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 If, no, if no. Michigan was playing Michigan State and Michigan State was injured, they wouldn't care. And you it's a rivalry. But, Rutgers is one of those, yeah, you know what? I'm not here to embarrass you. God help, I don't want to ever be in your shoes, but just remember I showed mercy on you. Well, and didn't Day uh, coach with Shiano as well at Ohio State when yeah. Shiano was there a little yeah. bit? So, so I, I could easily see. That they, it's kind of like Ohio State when they would play Michigan State with Mark D'Antonio. Right. There was a respect there. They were right. never going to do anything to try to yeah. show them up. Yeah, once we get the lead, we're not going to do anything, to, you know. So, yeah. Now, Michigan State has now entered that bottom because, <laughs> first of all, I got to give Minnesota some props. Minnesota may be the one of the best teams that nobody in the nation is talking about. And before you say, of course you say that because they beat Michigan State, Minnesota's like one in offense and number two in defense. Not in the Big Ten. No, the nation. In the nation, okay? If, Min- if Michigan, if the other U of M had the stats that Minnesota has, people would be arguing they should be number one in the nation. They should be ranked number one. Minnesota, I, I mean— Jeez, uh, when you watch that team between Ibrahim and Tanner Morgan, I mean, it must be nice having that 28-year-old quarterback out there because, Jesus, uh, 23 of 26. Yeah, he's a vet. and He uh, he was co-Big Ten Player of the Week. He just took what Michigan State gave him. You know what Tanner Morgan looked like? Me? Tanner, yes, he looks like he could be your brother. <laughs> Tanner Morgan looked like the offensive coordinator that got into an argument with his quarterback, and the quarterback said, well, if it's so doggone easy, you do it. And the OC said, give me your uniform, son, because he looks like a coach. Well, and I mean, dude, you can go look at quarterbacks at the Combine or whatever their pro day workouts, and if they only had three incompletions, they're like, oh, okay. But this happened in a game on the road where the stadium was packed before the. I mean, I, I, I it think, went south. I think you're probably going to see uh, Minnesota, Ohio State, in in there. Yeah, their next big. I gotta game. be honest with you. I think if if Minnesota play, they don't play Michigan. 
right now, if Minnesota played Michigan, I would probably, depending on the location, I would say Minnesota would either be favored by three to seven points because they're so balanced. Yeah. They're so, I, I mean, this, this. And that's after losing their top receiver, too. I, I, I'm not a big fan of P.J. Fleck, but he, it's finally all fallen into place. I've been a big Minnesota fan throughout the years, and they've always let me down. This is the year that they, they – now they still have to go and beat a ranked team. That's something – A couple weeks, uh, the 22nd of October, they, they're they at Penn State. Right. That's something that Minnesota and Maryland have really been get to do is beat that ranked team. Like, Iowa is where ranked teams go to die. Mm-hmm. Those two teams play well, but when they see that little number next to the opponent's name, they normally collapse and, and crumble. And, and Minnesota has Iowa at home this year, so – so we'll see, but I, I think that, that that's your team in the West. But for Michigan State, I, um, man, there's, there's so many problems. I think the biggest one is I think that the players and the assistant coaches and the head coach and Mel Tucker are, are, are just not on the same page. I don't think they're in the same the, book. I don't think the players really trust the assistants, and I don't think the assistants coach trust the players because the, the style of offense and defense, because – I think Jay Johnson is, is the offensive coordinator is getting a free pass because that offense is stagnant. That offense is so predictable that there's a reason why you keep going three and out, even against the bad teams that you played, against the Western Michigans and all of that. I do believe, I got to go back and look, but I think they started those games really kind of three and out, or they didn't get the ball moving. It wasn't like last year where they score on the first play and you knew, oh, my God, they're here to play. Those plays are so predictable. And on offense, I think Jay Johnson has to realize, I, I, I think it's easy when people say, oh, it's all Kenneth Walker. It wasn't all Kenneth Walker, but they had creativity. This year, it's, everything is so scripted. They have to, and I think one of the announcers said it, they have to reinvent themselves. Yeah, They have to look at the pieces, and I think the defense as well. Look at what we have. Evan, if you got to cook a dinner— and it's the last minute. You got to look in the refrigerator, and you got to cook based on what's in your refrigerator and what's in your cupboard. Okay, if you don't have a steak in your house, you can't tell people I'm going to make steak dinner. You can't. Well, and you're right because what have they ran a wide receiver screen at all this year? Very little. I mean, but, but, but not when they do, honest. when they do, it's predictable because when they do, it's third and eight. Right. So right, it's it's Jay Johnson. Man, take your scripted plays, ball them up, and throw them out the window because you're – I mean, I thought, okay, well, maybe when they were playing Western and Akron, they They were were just trying to – They're not holding back. They just don't have it. And that's – if you're a Spartan fan, that's to be the scariest thing is there was no holding back. This team is just lacking when it comes to creativity and play calling. Offensively, you have, I think, in Barker and Carr – Two athletic tight ends that you underutilized. Yeah, you saw Carr early on in that game, then didn't hear his name called the rest of the game. Right. Barker. I- so here's the thing. Maybe you, instead of running multiple receivers, maybe you run multiple tight end sets and use those guys because you, what angers me is that other teams come in and they can find the mismatch. MSU assistant coaches, we're going to do it our way. Oh, yeah. What about the – don't worry about the mismatch. You know who could do that? Alabama can do that. Georgia can do that. I don't need to worry about a mismatch. We're just better than you. Ohio State, we're just 
yeah. better than you. We'll get the ball to who we need to get the ball to. But you're right because you can't convince – like, I'm still so blown away by this game and what I watched. And, like, it was hard. Usually a loss, you can be like, well, so-and-so did something nice. So-and-so, this part was okay. There was none of that. No. None. I mean, you can say all you want about Noah Kim at the end of the game. Save okay, it for yeah, yourself. Yeah, Noah Kim. Let's, let's, let's just end that right there. No. Would things change if Noah Kim was running the team? No. no Why? It might be worse because, almost. Because Jay, jo- Jay Johnson is running a very stagnant offense, period. And well, Kim can just improvise. You know what happens to quarterbacks who improvise? They throw a lot of picks. Oh, yeah. A lot of mistakes. It's cool when you hit that one guy with no pressure on against Akron. But when you got somebody going out there, Peyton Thorne's problem is he's the only one at times it seems like he cares and gives a damn and he's trying, but he's stepping out of his lane. He's doing too much. Oh, yeah. Like the fumble. Ball's in the wrong hand. Like, Peyton, that's not your game. You're not the athletic quarterback. You're not Lamar Jackson type of quarterback where you scramble and you use your legs. Adrian Martinez of Kansas State did that, but that's his game. Peyton, you go when it's wide open and, you know, you go empty set and all of a sudden there's a big 15-yard gap, run, slide. Yeah, that's yours. Like you did against my – I think about the play in Miami when it was like a third and 11 and he ran it 25 yards and then slid before anybody can hit him. That's your style of running. You don't run into the pack because when you run into the pack, as you see – you fumbled the ball, and that kind of was ball game right there because I thought maybe at 17-7. Maybe you got you know a shot what? to show emotion and let that yeah, kind of take you, over. You know what? Now you're down two scores, and you got the entire second half, but when you fumbled and they went down and it was like 97 yards and scored, it was like, okay, this is it. This game's over. Offense has – Jay Johnson and that offense has to come up with creative plays. Use mismatches the way that – other teams that Washington and Minnesota did to you, you where they found the weak links. Somebody on a linebacker, you can't you can't create that mismatch. You, you have the tight ends. You have a plethora of tight ends, and you're not using them. And I'm sorry. Stop trying to feed, force feed this ball to Keon Coleman. Go with your tight ends. Take with, Tanner Morgan beat you by a thousand cuts. He took what you gave him. Yeah, wasn't anything. Oh, I'm going to go deep. No. You can't cover this guy. You can't cover this guy. But for some reason, these coaches are just so blind, my system's going to work. Hey, it doesn't work. Defense, same thing. You have to come up with Scotty Hazleton. You're on the hottest of hot seats. You got to come up with a scheme. You got to look, you don't have Snow. You don't have Henderson. You don't have Slade. Not your fault. They're injured. You don't have a ton of depth, but you got to come up with something that these guys can do. Backpedal defense is not going to win you games. And I call it backpedal because as soon as the ball is snapped, every, it seems like everybody's running back. Your front four are just straight bull rushing. There's no twists. There's no stunts. Nothing. There's nothing that you do to help out these front four. It's just straight. The two ends try to go around and bend to get to the quarterback, and the two guys in the middle just try to bull rush their way to the quarterback. That's not working. Your linebackers in that 4-2-5 defense, everybody else is just backpedaling back, and the defenses is just taking what they give. Jacoby Winman says at the end of the game, he's in the post-game uh, press conference, well, we had prepared for Minnesota to run, and, you know, they kind of caught us off guard. Evan, this was one of the you've-got-to-be-kidding-me moments. Right now, Army, 
who doesn't pass the ball, Army, would come in and, and throw pass. it on you. Yeah. Because you can't stop the pass. Why would you not expect Maryland, Ohio? Everybody's going to throw on you. Everybody. This should not be a shock. It, he won't say it publicly, but it's like, hey, Mel, if you had to play against your team, what would be the game plan? We're going to come out and throw the ball. <laughs> this is the easiest thing to do. Trying to run? Acidine. Because why? You can pass the ball. Tanner Morgan looked like Phil Sims in the Super Bowl. He was damn near perfect. All right, so let's play a hypothetical here. If, let's say, 10 possessions, right? Michigan State is playing Michigan State. The offense against the defense. How many times does Michigan State score a touchdown? Because we just talked about how poor their offense was. Would they be smart enough to throw on that deep? And, and that's just it. I don't think Jay Johnson would be smart enough to throw on own, his own defense. I think Jay Johnson would come out and say, we're going to run this ball. We're going to control this game. Instead of, my God, this defense is, is being held together by duct tape and chewing gum. Right. And, and, that's- and honestly, in, in 10 possessions... They score maybe three? I don't even think three, maybe two, because I think it would just, I think finally near the end, he would say, oh, we could throw, we could throw on them. <laughs> Instead of, hey, we're going to start this game off. What did Washington do? Washington yeah. didn't mess around with the run. No. It was a pass. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, so Hazleton talked today to the media. Did he, he quit? No. Oh. But he did have this quote. And it's from Matt Charbonneau on, on Twitter. On. Let me guess. Uh, we're going to try to come up with some new schemes, and we're going to try to realize and utilize our players and, and, and come up with something a little different. No, it, it well, sure. It's a family. they got to tighten some things up. But this is the one that got me. Are we super far away? No. Yes. And I would are. say you see, are from the earth to the moon see, right now. And see, right there, that's what bothers me. And that's where you need Mel Tucker I don't need you to do it publicly. I don't need you to, to pull Hamilton's pants down and spank him in front of the media, in front of the fans. But this is where you have to have that come-to-Jesus moment. You're not close. No, okay? at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not 10 sit-ups away from fitting into your old high school letterman's jacket. You're a long way away. You got a lot of work to do. When I see other teams, and I, I stayed up late and I watched the Oregon State-USC game because I have no life on Saturdays, and I probably should have been asleep, but I got caught up in the game. Oregon State's defensive coordinator. Uh, let me find his name. But he goes out there, and this is a young guy. And my God, Evan, he he came up with a game plan that was fantastic. Uh, Trent Bray. Trent Bray, Oregon State's first-year defensive coordinator. You're going up against USC. You're going up against uh, Jordan Addison, top wide receiver. They had, and with lesser players oh, yeah. than what Michigan State has. For anybody who's looking, Oregon State does not have the talent that Michigan State has. They damn near pulled off the upset. They, they, they were, this guy gets it. I like his schemes, and I'd be honest with you, uh, I'd be back-channeling this right here. He, he, Oregon State can't match the money. He makes five and a half. He makes a five, fifty-five thousand dollars a year. Five hundred fifty. Five hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. I was like fifty-five k. Five hundred. Five hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Half a million. A little over half a million. 
You can go get this. You guy. can get him a million bucks. He's young. I mean, Hazleton's getting a million bucks, isn't he? Yeah, he's young. The fact that Hazleton can't see what's wrong because everybody sees what's wrong with your defense but you. But that's the scary part about it. That's the fireable offense type of stuff because it's like, guy, you're gonna come out here against Maryland, you're gonna do the same things. This is you've now reached the point, Evan. Van Summeren and Halliday can't cover as linebackers. Maya Gayoti can't cover. You may have reached a point now where you got to use some of your freshman safeties and put them in the linebacker spot, or, you know, you got to do something because the guys on, I'd rather young guys out there getting beat, but they're learning. Sure. And and Halliday and Van Summeren are great for a run play. But they don't run on you anymore. Nobody's no. running the ball because and, they don't have to. And that's the point that, like, maybe you'll do it a little bit in the first half to keep them honest. But in reality, that's only gamesmanship. Yeah. You, you know what? To. Those two will be great against Rutgers because Rutgers, Rutgers going to try to run the ball. You don't play Iowa, they'd be great against Iowa because Iowa would try to run the ball. I mean, Rico, they're in such a downfall right now. They could be 2-6 and six here very shortly. This could... This could really become the 2016 year yes. when they lost to Wisconsin 30-6, to and then they went on a seven-game losing streak until I think they beat, was it Penn State? They beat some Rutgers at the end of the year. Yeah, they look like that 3-9 and team with Mark D'Antonio. At the end of Mark D'Antonio's tenure, this looks identical to what that was. I mean, but here's their schedule coming up. Maryland, well, we can probably both predict a okay. loss, right? Okay, here's the thing about Maryland, and this is sad. It's sad when you need this to help you out. That hurricane, it's going to be rain. It's like an 80% chance of rain against Maryland because that hurricane's hitting the East Coast. So we hope for mistakes. So at that point, when it's heavy rain, passing game normally goes away, and now you have to run the ball. Sure. And Okay, so. It's not like Himbe from Maryland can rush the ball. Oh, yeah. Okay, don't get it twisted in that they were one-dimensional. But they, get a, they actually get a shot. Ohio State, you got no shot. Yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Here's the thing. If you want to go bowling this week and the week after, kind of need our must-win games. I think they could beat Rutgers. I think they could beat Indiana, and I think they could beat Illinois. That gives you five wins. Mm-hmm. You're gonna need six to seven wins to get a bowl game. Michigan, that's an emotional game. So I kind of set that aside, and people will be like, "Oh, Michigan don't kill." No, 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 guys. We've been in, there. In, in 2020. Michigan was a, a 26 point favorite. When you play emotional games. But, okay, yeah. so that's a great example, right? They found a way to win that game because they saw weakness, right? right? And they kept throwing it, yep. kept they throwing said, it, you know kept what? throwing it. Yeah, you, you're going to cover Jaden Reed. You can't be—Ricky White's going to go on your weakest guy. And they, Ricky White was a player of the game. And you know what? And then, unfortunately, he did some stuff. Now he's at UNLV. But it's like, Jay— why don't you do that where you pick on somebody because God knows they pick on you all well, the time. And and that's also the thing with the defense, you know, because you can look at the scheme versus the players. But watching those games, you can't convince me that Michigan State has 20 D1 cornerbacks, defensive back safeties, and none of them can come close yeah, to guarding here, here, a man. Here's the problem. When your pass rush is the same pass rush, it's like the old electronic football game where you just set the guys there and hit and click the switch and they just go forward. There's no stunting. There's no movement. There's no nothing. They run the same front four and they do the same thing. And other teams have to say, 
I really didn't think it was this easy, but they made it this easy. Are you going to be disappointed at the end of the year if things do not change? We're still seeing the same crap, game in and game out. If either A, the offensive coordinator isn't changed, or B, the defensive coordinator isn't changed, if not both. Because I don't care what you say, Mel Tucker's name is attached to this. if, If both guys are still here come spring practice, then this was this this is Mel Tucker's Mark D'Antonio. I'm just going to rearrange my assistant coach's moment, and I'll simply say this: Mel, this year you better win. This year you better beat Ohio State, Michigan. You be, you better win some games. You better get back to the New Year's Six games, mm-hmm. or else that's your head, yeah, on the chopping block because you had an opportunity. Like I said, I look at Trent, a guy like Trent Bray. Man, you go after that guy. No. He's young. Oregon State can't match you for money. You got Ishy Bucks. You got the Saint Bucks. Yeah, you got go Rocket spend, Mortgage Bucks. Go spend the money. Well, Rocket Mortgage normally does basketball stuff, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Spend the money. Go bring this guy here. He's young. There's other guys out there that I think can help because Scotty Hazleton's defenses weren't that good in the Pac-12. I mean, in the Big 12. And so— I honestly I don't understand why he's here because it's not like he had this pristine stellar record and then I would say okay well you know what he was a top defensive coordinator in the in the Big 12 and maybe he just doesn't have his pieces. Dude you weren't that great there. So now in all fairness Michigan State does not have the depth when it comes to players. Sure, this, but this is year let's face it like it or not this is year 2 for Mel Tucker. D'Antonio bailed on you before signing day, so you were stuck with a class. Yep. Your next class was recruited off of Zoom. So you didn't even get to see the guys. You didn't get to go and visit them in high school. You didn't get to do any kick the tires or anything. So I kind of exclude that class as well. Last year's class was your first class that you were able to actually go out and see. This year's class, you started off with a bang. But here's the thing. Fans don't want to hear... Well, we're three years away from now. No. No, no, if no. If no. you keep these guys the same, because I look at Oregon State, you, they have lesser players, but they have schemes that work. I look at other teams that not named Alabama or Georgia, and they find ways to get things going. And maybe it's you need to bring in a, a defensive analyst. You need to bring in somebody, a fired coach, who can come in here and just be a pair of eyes. Because had they done that, you could fire Hazleton, and now this guy could take over like that. But right now, they're stuck. Oh, yeah. The only thing Mel Tucker can do is take over the defense. That's the only thing. And, and call the plays. And you know what? I don't think he wants to put that on his resume right now. That's the only thing he can do. But come next season, if those guys are still here, that's squarely on Mel. And now, you're, you're, you're an open target. Now, everything that you did that people love will come back to bite you. It's the same with Rich Rod. It's the same with Brady Hoke. All the stuff that people love. Heck, Jim Harbaugh. It's the same deal. He doesn't do all that stuff. and He's not jumping off right. high dives. He's not climbing trees. He's not doing music videos. It was almost, I don't even remember if we talked about this last week, but it was last year you didn't hear Michigan players talk crap. Right. Not one. Right. You didn't have the Chase Winoviches. You didn't have the Donovan Peoples-Jones. No, you, you had the alums, but that was it. Sure, but no current player was talking crap, right? They were humbled. And what did they do once they were humbled? They won, right? right? It seems like when you want to start talking instead of playing is when things go wrong. I mean, but that's been the story of Michigan my whole life is right. that the players talk. And, and right. so be it. But you had a very humble, like the whole revenge tour. 
why are you giving them more ammunition by yeah. printing out T-shirts? Yeah. Like, I, th- this is— Okay, yeah, let them have revenge on us. Yeah, they got it on Michigan State in that game when it was 44-7 or whatever, 44-10. But then it comes and haunts you years down the road. You know, Chase wants to go on TV and call him little bro, and it's like, dude, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. You saw, you saw last year where, yeah, that but that team had swagger. This team, players don't believe in the assistants. The assistants don't believe in the players, I and I don't way. think the head coach believes in anybody. And I think they're all sitting around here, and they can say all the family stuff they want, but that's that, they're broken. They need to get away, but they can't. Well, Your bye week is a long way away, and oh, by the way, there's Ohio State who may show you a little mercy, but will probably come out and beat you by 40-some points and then take their foot off the gas because they don't see you as a threat whatsoever. That's the problem. You know, people bring up the salary. I think that that's ridiculous. It's, it's irrelevant. You have to, yeah, because nobody brought up crystal ball salary of $80 million after they lost to Middle Tennessee. But oh, so that, what does it matter to you, the fan? Because that's, that, 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 I saw the AP did that. And you know what? Shame on you, AP, because I thought you were better than that, but... Apparently you're not, so you know oh, what? that Russo guy wrote that. I'm going to so. put you in the loser pile with everybody else. Because the money is irrelevant. It's not like it's coming out of the school's pocket, right? The football team already generates so much money. I mean, 75,000 people every Saturday yeah, here, is, here, is here's good the, here's freaking money. Here's the thing. First of all, he ain't turning down the money. He didn't, he didn't ask for it. The school offered it. School's paying half of that. You got billionaires paying the other half. You know what? What does it matter? He's it got a, he's got a small buyout. So here's the thing: if they don't want him next year, they fire him. He gets the money. You get a new coach. What does it matter? You're not getting it back. You know what nobody says? Nobody ever talks about the millions that Mark D'Antonio took and then quit the day before signing day. Oh, and he got that bonus, right? He got he gets his bonus and then he leaves. But I digress. They have to come up with schemes and find the mismatch. Something. Show me something different. This is what the other teams do. This is what you're not doing. You're not this powerhouse program. Walker ain't there. Three guys on defense ain't there. You got to come up with something different. I don't want to do the shows because these guys are still around. I don't want to do that show. Hazleton has to be done. Relieved of duty. You got to bring in a coordinator. I don't even say he sticks around as a linebacker coach. Because I don't see what the linebackers do. No, no, no. And I'm done with that. I also think, like, listen, I understand Harlan Barnett is a legend at Michigan State. But guess what he's still attached to? The last regime, right? See ya. I mean, God bless you. You'll find a great job. Because the fact that, yeah, they Tucker had to take over coaching the DBs, that's not a good look. So, see ya. College football is not a business to have friends, right? right? It's a business. I'm looking at this. This may be some wholesale changes because this is what. Well, this is what happens though when you you are the big boy and you get the contract because now expectations raise. Oh, they change. That's the only thing with the contract. And now he's got to compete. And when you see Ohio State and Ryan Day tells Kerry Combs last year, we're done. You can sit in the box. You're not calling the plays anymore. No, we lost to Michigan. That's you it. saw Lincoln Riley get get rid of uh uh one of one of the uh oh, what's his uh, former coach uh famous brother Stoops Stoops got rid of one of Stoops brothers D coordinator his mentor's brother yeah you got to go and you know what and that coach whoever the coach is that is being fired should look at it and say I've been waiting for this day yeah when, when there's times this is what you have to do. So, if there's going to be a change, I don't think a change will happen until the bye week. 
Sure. I mean, this is, this is when I see Tucker saying, you know what, I'm just going to take over the defense. But you, if you if you come out and do this same thing, there's no pressure. And the front four are doing the same bull rushes, and the back seven are backpedaling. <sighs> what are you giving me? Now, uh-huh. I would say go get Jimmy Lake, but you know what? That guy's become a recluse. He lives in Chicago, and he has gone off the grid. He did one radio... I did a search trying to find. He did one radio interview for like nine minutes, and that's it. He is something happened at Washington that turned this man off of football. Now I know it got into it one of the players last year and got suspended for a game. It's like Jimmy Lake wants nothing to do with football anymore because that's a guy that I would say yeah. I would bring him in as a, as an analyst. And maybe that's what they need because I mean, you look at this. If if we go out. Oh, Jimmy Lake was a DB coach with the Lions, actually. Um, if you go out and you do this same crap again, if you get blown out by Maryland, it, I mean, they didn't even deserve to be on the same field as Minnesota watching that game. No. But if you and I are sitting there watching no, game, they, we they, watch at least half they, the games they together. Like a, they look like a Mac school playing Minnesota. But when we can call out what the play is, you and I. Yeah. We don't play for Michigan State. We're oh. nothing more than innocent bystanders watching, covering the game. And Evan, yeah. That's I, a problem. It's a problem, and that's why I said, you know what? Kind of like the transfer portal. Do what my, I mean, do what Alabama and Georgia and teams like that do. When a coach gets fired, like Scott Frost, Scott Frost got, what, 15 million bucks. Mm-hmm. He's not hurting for money. But Scott Frost wants back in the game. So you bring somebody like in and hire him as an analyst. Yeah. Oh, you don't bring in Scott Frost. He sucked as a coach. No, 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 no. You're looking at it wrong. Look at it. Look at Alabama's assistants. Now I know Alabama has a ton of talent. Alabama took Lane Kiffin twice. Okay? Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian, fresh out of real rehab. Yeah. Fixed him. Bill O'Brien is their current offensive failure as an NF. Like they take broken coaches and fix them. Absolutely, and and but so what you want like people will like, oh you can't like no no because they're not hurting for money you literally can say I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars you don't want to be at home with your family come here be an extra pair of eyes help us out you can hire as many analysts as you can and then when something happens you can move that person in and run whatever it is that you're wanting to run so if you have you know a Scott Frost. You could fire a Jay, and he could take over, for, because guys like Frost or or guys like Jimmy Lake, they want back in. They want at the big table. Once you've been there, man, you don't want to come. You don't want to leave it, and you want to get back. Assistants who've never been there don't know what it feels like, so they're comfortable. Yep. And Michigan State's assistant coaches feel real comfortable right now because they know it's not a real big shakeup. Whereas, think about it at Alabama and Georgia. Man, you're only assistant for three, four years, and then you're gone. To a bigger and better thing. You're not buying houses. You're renting houses. You're telling your kids, don't make too many friends at school because you may not be here for your graduation. Right, and it's just like reading the whole family comment, and I get it. You want your program to be a family. But this dude should have come in there pissed off, fired up. I'm not saying go all Michigan women's basketball coach and start slamming stuff on the podium, but it's like— Something. But— Show right some now, emotion because right now it seems like, oh, it's okay. Little Billy will figure it out. We'll be all right. What we're doing, we're just going to stay the course. 
I don't see anything wrong with our scheme. Yeah, um, and, and we're just lying, a couple plays away. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to the fans. I agree. Right, I can go on and on. I know. Evan, just give me something because now I'm pissed. Okay, so this is something I'm going to bring you back. You and I were both there, little giants. For some reason on Big Ten Network last night, there was like a half-hour special on that one play. What is your favorite ending to a Spartan game that you've been there for? Mine, it, it was Little Giants, but I'll, I'll admit, the Hail Mary against Wisconsin, standing right in that end zone at that goal line is probably one of the cooler things I got to experience. Now, the Hail Mary, I, I was at the goal line. I was on the other side. Okay. So, so you were even closer. No, no, no. I wasn't where the play took place. Yeah, okay. The, so, yeah, you were on the side with me. I was on me. the Spartan side. And I knew that it was a touchdown before anybody else did because for some reason, because – for the referees look at basically their cell phones for that. You got a big jumbo trial. I know. But no, no, let's look at the Matter of fact, maybe I can look on my watch. Yeah, they go to that very tiny screen. Like, dude, why don't you just... I digress. Not even an iPad screen. Smaller dude, than that. When stadiums got that big thing, play the play, let me look at it because I can see a 100-foot screen compared to my watch. Yeah, it's like your the Apple size of, watch. like, your TVs or your car. Right, display. you're looking at your Fitbit, and it's like this. <laughs> but so the ref comes back, and they're discussing, and Cousins is – it was me and Cousins right there, and Cousins is, like, leaning in, like, so is it it? That's it? It's a touchdown. They're like, yes, yeah, touchdown. So he looks at me and it's like, yeah, and he's, like, pumped up. So we knew before he went out there and said it. I like that one. Um, the best ending? I mean, the Larry Caper against Michigan was a pretty good ending. At Spartan Stadium. That, yeah, That's the caveat. Yep, at okay. Spartan Stadium. Because I was about to say, I like trouble. I was there for trouble with the snap. Uh, in 2013 and 2015 in the Big Ten Championship game in Indy. But at Spartan Stadium, dude, I, I think probably still. Uh, it probably still was 2001, the Duckett touchdown. Case. Oh, against Michigan? Okay. Because here's, here's your little-known fact. That's on the opposite side end zone where we normally stand, right. right? Not by the tunnel? Here's your little-known fact. I was working for Channel 2 at the time I was a shooter. Next time you watch that game, Duckett scores, players pile on top of mm-hmm. him. A pair of jeans comes walking into the end zone. That's me. Those are your jeans? That's me. Wow. Now, funny story, sensitive camera, I double-clicked on it. I never, I got the players lining up, and I got the celebration. I never got to play. I thought Dan Miller was going to fire me when I drove back. Because <laughs> I didn't have the play. The camera was, I was like, the whole time I'm thinking, like, I don't know if I got this play. And I, I rushed back to the Fox 2 studios and turned it and was like, God, I don't have the play, but they took the TV thing. He was like, don't worry about it. But that's when I realized Dan was cool because I was like, I, I was early at Fox, too. I'm like, and I'm going to need a new job. Right. Because <laughs> I just missed a big play. But, yeah, that play, uh, Little Giants. Little um, Giants was really cool because I, I, none of us saw that coming. None of us. That was, that was and it was almost – and where we stand, so just to paint a picture, if you're looking at the football field where the tunnel is – we stand, if you're looking directly at the tunnel to the left-hand uh, side on the Spartan sideline, usually by the goal line. If not, I stand in the corner because I don't want to get hit by those big dudes. Uh, but it's right there. And and on that play, Little Giants, my first, like, oh, my God, they botched a snap. Yeah, I did. I was pissed. Like, 
And, Great. You know, here we go. Because I, I wasn't a big D'Antonio guy at the time. Well, and no, he was like, coming off a bad year. I'm like, dude, he, and I remember saying, he's about to get fired. And I'm like, wait, the ball comes out and he makes it. And then the next day he has the heart attack. Um, I'm trying to think. Mine is still that Wisconsin. Just because, just standing there, see it deflect. I like Keith it. Nickel grabbing it and just, I mean, the ball, it must have gone across by like that much. Yeah. But it was obvious. The, yeah, the Larry Caper overtime. That was great. The Oregon Ducks. That was a good game. Uh, when they beat Oregon. But they had that one handily, I feel. It was the transfer quarterback that came in. No, because they had to make a play. Because Oregon came back. That's right. Okay. It was a fourth down play, and Oregon was driving. And they, they made a defensive play, and it was an incomplete pass, and that, and that was the ball game. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of just. And no, then there was were, a game against Iowa when they stopped Iowa on a fourth down. That's what I was down. just going to say. It, early on, in, it might have been yeah. 2010 still. They stopped Iowa on a fourth down. And they had a good running back at that point in time. Yeah. And then he got back up thinking he wasn't down and kept going. Yeah. I'll always remember that one. And I think that was before replay, too, so. So yeah, yeah, those 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 are some games. Yeah. It was just cool to see that special, and you heard from uh, Bates was in it, and D'Antonio, of course, is in it, talking about it, and Roush Rose, he was the fullback that hurt his neck. Roush, yeah, yeah, and he had the big neck breaks on, and how he had to come back down from the press box because he was a captain for that game, so he had to come back down for the coin toss oh. in overtime. So it it was just it was cool to see to relive those memories because right now we're living a nightmare. Yeah, and the other thing about the uh, rocket play for Wisconsin, um, remember, Golston got suspended for that game. That's right. So Golston, when the game goes to overtimes at his apartment, I think it was in Spartan Village or somewhere like on campus, and he told us he's like, I took off running to the stadium. I wanted to be a part of the locker room, win or lose. So. Somewhere out there, you saw this big six seven six eight guy running at top speed through campus. Like, wow, I think that kid could play football. Trying to get to the stadium. And he said he got there uh, right as – because he thought it was maybe going over here. But as the play ended, he had just got to the stadium. Awesome. Just so, so good. Yeah. So All right. Uh, anything else? Nope. That, is, that was it. All right. We went long, but I'm sure you enjoyed it. Hopefully you can relive some good memory, Spartan fans, because we gave them to you because, yeah, okay, we'll see what happens with the mm-hmm. rain come Saturday. But for Evan, this is Rico. Thanks for watching and listening to another edition of the Five Star Zone.